If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on Earth. All things safe. Representative Case on safe. All Things Sane here on WSIC. I'm your host, State Representative Jason Sane. Uh, I am broadcasting today from the Legislative Building. I've got uh, work to be done. We're back, uh, not in session yet, but committees uh, are starting to get their work. The interim committees, these are committees that the State Legislature has when we're not in session. Uh, We meet once a month. uh, And tomorrow, I'm working with Senator Dave Craven uh, from Randolph County. We co-chair uh, the Economic Development Committee will be talking about things uh, as we attract business to the state. Um, get a little wider angle today. If you're watching, uh, you get the right straight from the bowels of, of the legislative building. My office is on the first floor. As you can see, it's like a bunker. Uh, so if anything should happen, you know, if Russia gets a little trigger happy while we're on air, we're at least going to be able to finish the broadcast, whether you hear it or not. Uh, all jokes aside, we're uh, here today. I uh, just got finished with a press conference on immigration. Uh, all Republican House members have signed a letter to to the governor about immigration, about what North Carolina can do to help Texas uh, in their fight uh, to close the border and to prevent this onslaught of people just coming across our poorest borders And because the federal government and President Biden just aren't getting it done. And so we're, we're trying to help do what we can. Um, don't know how far we'll get with our governor. He doesn't seem to be receptive uh, to to most of what we want to do, uh, and he's on his way out. He's a lame duck governor, and uh, you know, I guess we could say uh, you know, see you later, Sayonara, But uh, he's still here till the end of the year. Uh, but maybe he'll see eye to eye with us, and maybe he'll maybe he'll uh, help send some resources. I think the speaker said today we've got about 175 uh, National Guard troops that are assisting the federal government right now uh, at the border. Uh, these are volunteers from the state of North Carolina that, that want to help. I've been down to McAllen, Texas in 2019 uh, when there was a slow trickle uh, compared to what we've got today of folks coming across the borders. Uh, as you know, if you, you have to have your head in the sand not to be aware of what's happening. Uh, but it is one of the largest issues. Reporter asked me afterwards, said, um, you know, you mentioned that in the press conference that, that this you think is one of the largest issues across the state. I know it because we poll on it uh, when we ask people what, what what's top of mind, what are you thinking about, what is what is something that uh, is going to impact your vote, and that, quite frankly, uh, by and large, uh, comes back as immigration. If you're watching in the 10th congressional district in that race to replace Patrick McHenry, it has become a large issue. Representative Gray Mills, who I serve with in Raleigh and who's also my seatmate, uh, is has got that as a centerpiece of his campaign. Uh, of what we've been able to do here at the state house, he wants to be effective and take the same thing to DC. Uh, do it differently than what's happening up there now. Uh, it is a bit of a contrast between the two candidates. Uh, the the other candidate has been on record uh, basically for porous borders, and so uh, that that's going to be something that he either has to defend or, or or respond to. And and Representative Mills has always been you know pretty much um, wanting to make sure that we protect our sovereignty, and so. At any rate, it's going to be something we continue to talk about. We know that. But uh, because we had a press conference today, a lot of times we'll invite uh, some of our, our recruits, our, our folks who are running for office uh, for the state house for the first time. They might be serving in another office. 
And joining me today is my friend, Stoney Green. He's from Wilkes by God County. Can I call it Wilkes by God County? We all do. Well, I, I had uh, multiple uh, uh, suite mates at uh, UNC Charlotte from Wilkes County, and they always corrected me if I just said Wilkes County. They said it's Wilkes by God County. And I want to honor that. Stoney, thanks for being here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, glad, glad to have you. You're, um, you know, you got your uh, signature hat, your, 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 your cowboy hat. Uh, you serve currently, though, as a county commissioner. Correct. I'm chairman of the Wilkes County well, that is a job that uh, my mother was uh, on the county commission, so appreciate what you do there. Yes, sir. Uh, and, I, you know, sometimes that's a, that's a much harder job than we have at the state level because uh, you're there all the time and uh, folks come right up to you. That Sometimes they have to call me because I'm up here doing work, but uh, you find them everywhere. Our constituents are very, very easily finding us at the grocery store. And, and I'm sure they're never shy and, and they're always glad to share with you what's on your mind, what's on their mind. So some people might wear a hat to disguise themselves. I just take mine off and then I'm a regular person. <laughs> I might have to try that. There you go. Uh, well, we're glad to have you on. Uh, you're running to replace uh, Jeffrey Elmore, Elmore, who's one of my uh, appropriations co-chairs. Uh, Jeffrey is running for Lieutenant Governor. And so that opens a spot and uh, you hope to represent Wilkes. I certainly look forward to uh, coming to Raleigh next year. Now, is that district all Wilkes or is there any? It's the bigger part of Wilkes and all of Alexander. All of Alexander. Yeah. So uh, I always tell people I'm very fortunate. I have one county, one whole county, and, and uh, I think there's two or three of us that do that. Uh, Reese Pirtle up in uh, um, uh, kind of the, the north northern part of the state, just on the Virginia line. He, he's got a whole county district, and I think there's one more. But uh, it's, uh, it's hard to remember, especially when it's not your map. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, as, as you know, your first response or, or your first uh, level of response should be to the people you actually represent. Uh, so you hope to do that. Uh, you know, I would ask you, what's, have you lost your mind? Uh, uh, you've been up here and you see how it's done. I, I, I got, I'm, I won't say stuck in it. I, I, I had the uh, crazy idea to come do this when we had an opening. I love it. I, I kid and, and joke around, but it's a, as you've been here this morning, you know, it doesn't stop. It's nonstop. Well, I have I have four kids and a couple of small businesses, so I'm used to a little bit of organized chaos. Well, that, well, that would set you set you right right up for that. Um, uh, so, you know, you got a primary. Do you have a general election as well, or yes. just a primary? Okay, so, so you got to get through the primary in March. Yes. Uh, how many folks are running? Four. Four, four people running. Uh, you've won countywide already, so that's that's as a as a county commissioner. Uh, so that that should help you some. Um, we're not here to throw shade against opponents. It's not what it's about. Uh, I'm sure they're fine people, but uh, I do know you, and that gets you at least a spot on the show today. Yeah, I appreciate that too. Well, we're glad to have you. What when you? Uh, we got just a couple minutes before we get a break. Uh, let's assume you get elected and you get to come up here to, to to Raleigh. And I tell everybody that runs that uh, you know nobody does it by themselves. This is a a, a a representative body, and you come here. And as long as I've been here since 2011. Your vote is equal to mine when you get here. So we all have to work together. Uh, how do you, you know, you have to collaborate on a county commission too. Do you think that's helped you get ready for this? Oh, absolutely. It's been very educational about the different grants and the processes and the people and building those relationships, honestly. I mean, I'm able to come in here and be on your podcast yet. We, doesn't, we do not service college yet. So that working relationship, I think, is huge right off the bat. Well, for sure, and I, and to your credit, um, you know, you, you don't just show up as a stranger. Uh, known you for a good while, and uh, and and so uh, that's part of it too. I mean, it's all about relationships. Well, uh, I know you'll be successful when we get you here. 
Um, we've got just a, a minute or two before we go to the break, but uh, but did want to make sure that you had an opportunity to get on, say hello. Um, we'll we'll have you back on maybe as it heats up a little bit. It's uh, when does early voting start? See, I don't have a primary, so the, those dates don't stick in my mind as much. So early voting starts February fifteenth, the day after you get your sweetheart rose. Well, see now, I'll remember that. Okay, yeah. so February fifteenth, the primary vote starts. Um, what are you out putting out the signs and doing all that now and trying to raise money and? Yep. Oh, uh, it's a short window when we do the presidential election year. So you filed when I filed in, in December, early December, and then uh, and you were ready. You'd, you'd come up and, and, and told us your intention to run. But uh, it, it is a sprint when you do it this way. Yeah, I think I've been, you know, actually I was coming in before I was elected. Yeah. I was in the all-star race back in North Wilkesburg. So, yeah. Um, you know, only well over two years I've been building that relationship down here. Well, we'll be right back. I, hang around. We'll, we'll get you right back on. You're listening to All Things Sane here on WSIC. Appreciate you listening. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on earth. All Things Sane. Representative King on We've got fun and games. we got everything you want, honey. We know Welcome back to All Things Sane. I'm your host, State Representative Jason Sane. I'm broadcasting from the legislative building here in Raleigh. Had some work to do. Did a press conference this morning on immigration. Uh, got uh, committee work that comes tomorrow. Also, uh, a new legislative assistant that we'll introduce you to in a future broadcast. We don't want to uh, throw her into the frying pan just right off. Uh, but Jennings Tomlin has joined our staff here in Raleigh, joining me and Angela. Uh, Angela's off this week. She's uh, had some family things going on. I told Jennings I wouldn't put her on air your your second week at, at the building, but uh, she's now a standing young person who uh, was in law school and now joins our staff. So we're glad to have her. We'll we'll get her on and embarrass her at another point. But with me today uh, is County Commissioner from Wilkes County, Stony Green, good friend, uh, and he's running for state house uh, there in Wilkes and Alexander County. Uh, he and I met, I guess, when we started working on the Wilkesboro Speedway. Um, your state representative is Jeffrey Elmore, so he represents very well. And of course, we had that asset sitting there in in Wilkes County. I remember, you know, as a child watching races in Wilkesboro, and you know, we had all this influx of of dollars that came into the state uh, because of COVID, uh, because of you know American Rescue Plan, and, and 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 all the dollars that were coming in. And we had to make a decision on how to invest those dollars. Other states you know, basically burned through the money pretty quickly. We wanted to do something with with the vast bulk of the money uh, as we took care of our citizens is finding a way to sustain what we saw as economic success prior to the pandemic. Uh, and we wanted to be ready to get back to work and to, and to really just be a juggernaut, which I think we've accomplished. I mean, any any ranking you see, North Carolina is, is number one in, in, in places to do business. Um, you look at our metrics, we, we knock it out in a lot of places, but you, you and, and, and Representative Elmore, uh, you know, made the pitch about what it would mean for not just Wilkes County, but the surrounding area and the state if we could refurbish that track, get it get it back to, to racing conditions. Um, I went up to the race when, when uh, Dale Jr. was uh, racing some modifieds. That was awesome. Uh, matter of fact, they had, they, they had, I think they were about halfway through some of the reconstruction at that point. Uh, and that was an incredible time, big, big event. Uh, and then I went to the the, 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 the next race, uh, the actual sanctioned NASCAR race. Yeah. 
and that was huge. So that's that's been a huge success for you. Yeah, that's a that's a big uh, big help to our county and our economy. I spoke to a civics class not long ago, and they they want to know if that was kind of a band aid for our economy. And I was like, how many of y'all like milkshakes? Well, they all raised their hand. I said, well, how many of y'all like whip well milkshakes and whipped cream? Well, they all raised their hand. You know, our businesses are our milkshake, but that whipped cream is the speedway in the things that are done over there that help stimulate our economy. And, you know, it's a lot of outside dollars. It's not a burden on our citizens that we're able to use when those people are long gone. So it's, it's great. Well, people ask me, like, well, what do you mean you, that this you know helps the state of North Carolina? It's in Wilkes County. Uh, but, you know, the state shares and sales tax revenue. Uh, I haven't gone to a race yet where I didn't buy a bunch of stuff I didn't need, but I bought it anyway because I was having a good time. And, and, and you know, I like my souvenirs, too, and, uh, and, and grew up a, a NASCAR fan. Uh, but hotels, um, you know, whether people stop and buy gas, you know, maybe they're stopping and buying beer at, at, at Food Line or wherever they shop. Uh, and they'll stop a lot of times in Wilkes County. Uh, spend that money. I always say that's kind of the best citizens you can have because they, they come, they contribute to your economy, and then after the weekend's over, they're gone. And we still keep our tax dollars with And you still get to keep the money. And it's the benefit of everybody that lives in Wilkes County, uh, but also benefits the state as well. You know, as a small rural county, uh, you know, a lot of times we get those people come in and they see the beauty of where we live in the edge of the mountains. We have the Yadkin River, have the W. Kerr Scott Dam. We have uh, world-renowned uh, mountain bike trails. So they'll come back and use our natural resources. And I think during the pandemic with COVID, I think we really glistened with our outdoor economy and attracting outside people to our area. Well, you, you say that. And I think, I think people, you know, I grew up just down 16 in, in Lincoln County, uh, had uh, family friends that were in Wilkes. Uh, and it is a beautiful area. Um, you know, we, we won't get into the competition of whose district's more beautiful. But, but you do have some beautiful hills uh some some from somewhere else might call them mountains uh you know they they it is just a beautiful area and to your point you know getting people exposed to that means not just the racetrack for a, a one weekend event or a twice a year event or however I don't, I don't know how many events are happening now but uh but you they remember and they they want to come back and if they have a pleasant experience and we certainly did we had a blast uh, at both races so look forward to the next one um but but people remember that you know that's a place i like to come to uh, whether they decide to move there and live there or just visit on the weekends. And um, it, it can be just a real economic development tool for you. And, and really, everybody benefits. And nobody, no, there's no loss here. No, no. And, and uh, you know, they had a hauler race or hauler race, hauler parade prior to the race on Thursday night. And, you know, the people are happy at Christmas when you see the Christmas parade come through. Yeah. But I've got to say, there was an atmosphere in our two towns knowing kids my age because I was just out of high school when the track closed, seeing it come back and come back to life. And it was there was a air in the atmosphere that was just magical during that time period. You know, as a kid in high school, and you know, I think I'm probably graced by now, but you know, I'd always skip school on Friday to go time trials and then we would have doctors' appointments or dentist appointments and but we were all at the track. And I mean it was just a kind of a way of life. And yeah. we joked about it. It was well, it's part of North Carolina that, uh, yeah, as we grow, and you know, it's certainly in our lifetimes we've seen our state grow tremendously, uh, and it's going to continue to grow because uh, I think we've got the right economic development policies. Uh, there's a reason that that companies are leaving other states and coming here. They find out what a what a success we are and, and what we grew up knowing. Um, but I think sometimes we forget it because we, we you know, it's it's common way of life for us. Uh, and it, when when folks visit from somewhere else, they go, wow. What, what an outstanding area. 
and and you'll have the opportunity to represent even more of that with with Alexander and and Wilkes. Um, but I, you know, I always brag about my district. Um, you, you've got a lot to brag about in yours. But we really do have a state that's 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 a place that's easily that is easy to brag about. We're hitting all the right metrics. Yeah, we have. A, I mean, as a state, we have a lot. We have a great interstate system, north and south, east and east and west. Have a railroad system. We have multiple ports. Um, you know, we have our beach economy. We have the mountain economy. So we we have a lot of natural things that we're able to leverage as a state to attract people and, and offer benefits to people. Well, that's and people, yeah, like I say, when you see it every day, you sometimes forget how blessed you really are. Uh, but you you'll get to come up here. Uh, make those decisions and more, you know, where we invest money, how we target dollars. Um, your, your experience on the County Commission, I think it's going to be incredibly helpful to us. Uh, I know you, you won't be the first uh, former County Commissioner to come, uh, but but those folks have, you know, they see the world through, through that lens. Um, and it does make you a lot, very responsible, you know, responsive to your, to your district. Um, you know, we're looking at uh, the tier system and where's Wilkes on the tier system? Yeah, Sally, Wilkes is a tier one county. Tier one county. So, and for our listeners who have listened and, and maybe hear that thrown about, you know, t- we're, we're going to talk about it tomorrow in our economic development committee. Um, you know, we have economically distressed areas, which Wilkes is, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, there's, you know, the, the global economy shift, uh, you know, two decades ago uh, from textiles or manufacturing, uh, things left North America and went elsewhere. Um, we, yeah, you know, and look, and you, and there's competition. So we're, we're, the, the, the idea behind the tier systems help all counties. Uh, sometimes it hurts counties like mine. It's a tier three. Uh, we, we kind of get, you know, wrongly put in that category because we've got Lake Norman and we've got a lot of folks who work in Charlotte, make, you know, great salaries, uh, financial institutions and, and everything else in Charlotte, airlines, so forth. Um, and they live in the district and, and look, they, they have a place there. We, we love having them. Um, but it also tilts tilts our district a little more to uh, you know economic success, success based on their income. Whereas you go further west in my district, um, tier three doesn't really fit the entire district. So we're gonna we're gonna look at that. My co-chair Dave Craven, Senator Craven, um, we're at least starting that discussion. How can we do that better? How can we be better about micro targeting uh, where we really truly need to help? Yeah, and you, you talk about 20 years ago with NAFTA. I mean, we were a manufacturing hub, not just Wilkes, Alexander, Caldwell, that the whole furniture textile industry, um, you know, all those jobs left. Yeah. You know, you take Northwestern Bank started right there where we are. Holly Farms right there where we are now, Tyson. Uh, Lowe's Corporation started right, right there where my mom retired from. So, you know, there's a lot of companies that left by choice needing a better market, I guess, sadly. Um, and then NAFTA really, really, really hurt us by losing those manufacturing jobs because um, we're a, we're a skill-based, hands-on kind right. of county. We've got a lot to offer. Yes. And we've got a great workforce, but it's it's how we retrain, retool, uh, and make ourselves ready for success. And that's, you know, past is a past. We can't, we can't unchange it. But I, but I think, you know, and you as a county commissioner certainly realize the value in, in having – a, a quick response to whatever it is that's coming in. Uh, you get to recruit companies into Wilkes, like I get to, and, and, to, and will be Alexander. Uh, you do it now as a county commissioner. You get to do it as a state representative. Uh, we just want to make sure that we're, we're competing in all levels, right? And so uh, we'll look at that in the committee. Um, and, and, you know, from conversations you and I have had, 
other other folks from across the state, you know, trying to fine tune that. You know, I, I'm I'm not someone who's ever just just satisfied with the way that we're doing it. And uh, Senator Craven works a lot the same way I do, and so it's going to be a fun committee. You get up here, we'll we'll put you on that committee because that your, your background I think will be helpful to us. Uh, so you mentioned multiple businesses. We got about a minute before we go to break, but uh, give me just a quick about your background. So really quick, grew up in the logging industry, logging and lumber. My father logged. Uh, my grandfather, two of them had sawmills. Um, sadly, with the furniture leaving, that market got a little tougher. So I started a trucking business. My family and I have a small trucking business. That morphed into, I have kids graduating, they need something to do, so we bought a local feed business. So I have kids that run our feed business and the trucking business. and uh, So we have multiple business, plus a horse farm that I grew up on. Uh, Travis, I still live on the same farm I grew up on. Oh, that's uh, great. Well, you know, there's something to be said for that. I live four doors now from where I grew up, so my parents are uh, very close by, so we're a tight-knit family. Uh, you're listening to All Things Sane. I've had Stony Green on here. He is running for the State House, representing... Wilkes and Alexander County, hopefully, and uh, we'll get you back up here. And uh, Sony, good luck to you in this this March primary. Thanks, Jason. Yes, sir. We'll be back in just a moment. There's more All Things Sane with NC Representative Jason Sane on the way from 1059 100.7 WSIC. If we lose freedom here, there's no place to escape to. This is the last stand on earth. And welcome back to All Things Sane. I'm your host, State Representative Jason Sane, doing it from the legislative building today. We're back uh, for a little bit of work. Uh, To say I've missed it wouldn't be absolutely accurate, but I have missed the folks that, that we get to work with. We uh, went out of session uh, and then went into interim uh, back in the fall. And so back and forth, there's always stuff to do here at the legislative building. But it has been great to be back at home in Lincoln County uh, working on local issues. One of those local issues, unfortunately, has been a controversy at our TAG office. Uh, it is something that um, uh, the, the proprietor there, uh, Matt Craig, who I've known I, pretty much all my life, I knew his dad, Larry Craig, who served as a longtime county commissioner uh, when my mother was was a county commissioner. Uh, also great friends. Uh, he he now runs the business since uh, his, his father passed away. Uh, they were in business together. Uh, Matt is a 20-year uh, combat veteran, uh, just a super guy, got a great staff there. I, I've literally gotten calls from, from legislators nearby, uh, one in particular, uh, Representative Setzer uh, gave me a call. He said, what's happening with your, your TAG office? Uh, I, I use that as much as I use the, the one in Newton. Uh, you, you got some great folks down there. Well, the controversy starts this way. If you haven't paid attention, haven't seen it on, on social media, or you're not from Lincoln County, you might not have uh, picked up on it. But uh, Matt, because he's an individual contractor with the state, providing a service on behalf of the state, uh, ha- is able to do other things in, in, the, in the facility that he pays for. And so uh, his business model is, is such that they, they do different things. They sell different items in their business. And, and so uh, he's uh, found himself where a state is uh, coming after him a little bit because he's playing Christian music on the walls. But we'll talk about that uh, maybe a little more. Mr. Speaker is walking into the room here. Sir, you can get into the hot seat. Good, good to be here. This is how how the, how the legislative office get done so nicely. Who do I talk to about this? You know, it's taking years you know, of work. Like, 
I, one day you two could have an office like this. I need to put this on the list. We need we need to look at this, Denny. We need to, need to fix this. You got the Death Star over there. Folks can't see that. The Death Star with Thomas Jefferson with a construction hat. Well, we call this the man cave. Um, you know, I, I figured if I if I got to stay away from home, I can I can at least be comfortable. All we need is the we got Bill Murray. All we need is the dogs playing cards or the Velvet Elvis, and we'll have it going on. I'll work on that. I'll absolutely work see, on that. See, you'd have the complete if you had that. Well, Mr. Speaker, we're glad to have you on the show. We are broadcasting live on WSIC on all things sane. Uh, sane or insane? Well, it depends on the day, really. Good, good. Uh, right. So far, so good today, though. So it's just all things sane today. But right. this is House Speaker Tim Moore. Uh, he is running for Congress now. He's going to be leaving us here at the Legislative Building. But you are the longest-serving speaker in North Carolina history. That's true. Uh, no one else wanted the job. Yeah, right. That's, uh, it's easy to set records, but no one else is competing. That's, that's the way we do. No, 10 years in this job. It's been a tremendous honor. Of course, it's been a real pleasure and privilege serving with you that whole time. And the big important, important thing is the, the way we've all worked together to turn this state around. So it's gone great. Well, Stoney Green and I were just talking about the opportunity we have in the state. We were talking about the race at Wilkesburg, something that yeah. You and I worked on with, with Representative Elmore, with the county commissioners and Stoney and, and Wilkes, uh, and, and with the, our Senate counterparts. That I mean, that is just one of many, many economic successes, but it, it, it took leadership to start, to be open to talk about it, uh, and to figure a way to do it. And and we're the number one state in the nation for businesses to, to start and to come to. Like what, three years in a row? Three years in a row. And, you know, it's... My mom would say, don't brag too much. But, you know, if you don't brag about your record, then who is? We're not going to talk about it exactly. Nobody, nobody else no one else is going to talk about it. We, we've, we've said during your tenure and during uh, when, when uh, Senator Tillis was speaker, we really started on a trajectory in the North Carolina House and with our counterparts in the North Carolina Senate. They, they deserve at least half the credit because we can't do it by ourselves. But we have we have seen something that no other state has seen. We have turned ourselves around from a you know ba basically being last in a lot of categories uh, to to either number one, number two, number three, or wherever we're at and rising, uh, which is a great place to be. And it certainly beats the alternative. We could be Illinois and we could be California, but our story is much different than that. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's folks take for granted what's happening in other states where people are leaving those states because of high tax overregulation. Uh, just bad policies, and they're voting with their feet. They're coming to states like North Carolina. I think you know, we're number one in the nation, attracting new business. I think we're third in the nation, maybe as far as overall population growth every year. And there, there's some trends, Jason. I saw this the other day that by the year 2040, that seems like a long time, but it's not. By 2040, we could be, if these trends continue, the fifth largest state in the country. Wow. Now think about wow. that. That's what some of the trend lines are showing. Uh, the challenges with the growth, roads, we see more traffic out there, demands for water, sewer, all those infrastructure, uh, housing, those are the mass. You know what I tell people, these are good problems to have. And I'm very proud of what we've done. You, of course, as appropriations chairman, y'all have insisted on putting funds out there to fund a lot of these critical needs, getting resources out to do this so that North Carolina can keep up with this growth that we're having. Well, th thank you, and, and your leadership has, has made all the difference. We, we we have really, I mean, again, to brag a bit, uh, it is, there's a reason other states look to us. And you, you mentioned the, the investment in infrastructure. And, you know, of course, we broadcast on this, when we broadcast live, it goes out on podcasts, everybody. But those that can hear us right now, the second, if, if they're in their car, they might be sitting in traffic in, in northern Mecklenburg or in uh, Iredell County or in Lincoln. And yes, if you're, if you're in traffic, that stinks and you don't want to, you don't want to do that. 
but at the same time, of course, we don't have real traffic like Atlanta or LA or somewhere like that. But, but you know, knowing that we're going to be growing and trying to, to, to correct the mistakes that other uh, cities, other states have made by not investing in the infrastructure, we're trying to get on the front end of it. Uh, I don't I forget the figure, but in this last budget that we passed, that signed into law, we made tremendous investments in water and sewer. Uh, you know, if you're going to have people and to the fact that you just, just gave us about how we're growing um, and where we may end up, if you don't have that infrastructure in place, it becomes real painful real quick and it impacts everything else. You don't get to look at projects like the Wilkesboro Speedway. You're, you're too busy trying to you know rob Peter to pay Paul. We're not in that position. And if we can stay ahead of that, it will matter. And then you're going to run for Congress or you are running for Congress, I should say. Um, what? How does that translate? I mean, for, for folks listening that, that maybe don't pay as, as close as attention to state house as they might to, to you know, what happens on the national level, because it's the thing they see on television. How does what you've done in, in, in Raleigh translate to, to what will happen in D.C.? What can we expect from it? Well, a couple of things. One, if you really want to know where the action is, where things happen that affect change, really, it's the state legislatures. Uh, one of the concerns with Congress is inaction, right. uh, just paralysis. Uh, that's something that I'm hoping to be one of the new members to go up and change. But I'm just really proud, Jason, of what we've done in North Carolina. You look at it. Uh, companies want to come and want to come and locate new, new jobs, but they know you need a workforce. Well, to have a workforce, you need a good educational system. You need a place for them to live. So the investments that we've made in these budget cycles has helped build on that. So translating that, one of the things that I've said about my run for Congress about, by the way, Gray Mills, right. who, who I hope wins Congress, that you, there's not a finer public servant that we've had the honor to serve with. Couldn't agree more. My, my seatmate here in Raleigh. Exactly. Yeah. Running in the in the 10th district. I'm running the 14th. And then John Bradford, who's running over in the 8th district. I mean, you, these are two other individuals who have a track record of really moving North Carolina forward on so many issues. And what I tell people, Jason, is we need to take a little NC to D.C., like if that. Washington, yeah. if Washington would run the way North Carolina has, controlling spending, lowering taxes, cutting uh, regulations, empowering freedom and free enterprise, can you imagine how much better our country would be? I mean, look at the record inflation we're dealing with. Uh, you compare that with North Carolina where we've controlled spending. Look at the runaway situation with the border right now, these open borders and all. And by the way, some of our Republicans out there, they're pretty soft on this issue. I know one of... Uh, Gray Mills opponents, Pat Harrigan, basically is in line with Joe Biden. He agrees with Joe Biden. Amnesty for ill equals, if you talk about it. So well, we got to be careful. We need to make sure we elect the right Republicans. Well, to your point, I mean, absolutely. It, it, it matters. People who need to get, get it done or just want to go up to D.C. and be a part of a congressional club. Right. I mean, that, that is that is really the difference. And, and you know, when he ran against you and then decided that wasn't a race he could win and, and, and jumped into the 10th district, um, I know what Gray Mills can do because I serve with him. You serve with him. Uh, it, it is, uh, you know, we can we can continue to send people to D.C. that don't get it done or we can change things. And, and voters have the power to do that. Uh, I, I am so glad that you, John and, and, and Gray are running uh, because I've worked with you. I know what you're capable of doing. And and I think that benefits our state. It'll benefit the nation because I think we. Look, I'm always an eternal optimist. Uh, but it's the power of the voter to change it. Uh, you know, when 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 Harrigan was critical of you when he was running against you, he's really critical of all of us in Raleigh. Uh, the the what what we've been able to do in the last ten years, like we talked about, I'd put up against any state and do. Uh, there's a reason you and I get invited to other states to talk about our success. 
Uh, they're not calling Illinois and, and California. Amen. Well, and look what we did too, Jason, on sanctuary cities. Mm -hmm. We were one of the one of the early states to ban sanctuary cities. That's why you don't see, and we have a lot of folks coming here illegally. Don't get me wrong; it's it's a problem, and the drugs are a huge problem. But we're not like you know, Illinois, California, New York, with that where they'd have these cities that would create these sanctuary policies and, and serve as a magnet. We banned sanctuary cities in North Carolina. So just think about. As bad as the problem is right now, imagine if we had not passed that in the law. That, that's absolutely correct. We would we would really be digging a bigger hole. Uh, we're, we're just about to break. If you can stick around, love to have you. I know you stay busy as speaker, but uh, we are talking with House Speaker Tim Moore. He's also a candidate for Congress in the 14th District and a good friend. Gr glad to have you on here today, sir. We'll be back in just a moment here on All Things Same. Keep it right here. All Things Sane with NC Representative Jason Sane will return after this short break on 105.9, 100.7, WSIC. Now back to All Things Sane with NC Representative Jason Sane on 105.9, 100.7, WSIC. Local starts here. And welcome back to All Things Sane. I am your host, State Representative Jason Sane. It is a pleasure to be with you as always. Broadcasting today live from the Legislative Building. We haven't done this in a while. Uh, Bill, our technician back in the studio, always says I throw him some curveballs, some challenges, but he always rises to the occasion, does a great job. So, Bill, thank you for running the boards back home. But it is, uh, it's been a busy morning here at the Legislative Building already. Uh, we did a press conference at 10 o'clock led by House Speaker Tim Moore, who joins me. If you're just joining in, uh, we had a, a, a great, uh, impressive group of our, our Republican legislators uh, standing behind you, uh, commenting, being a part of that press conference. You led that for us. But what was that about? We're talking immigration, but but why now? What what What's so important about it? Well, a couple of things. And I'll, I'll, I'll go back to what we were talking about a second ago. You have three of us who are in the state house who are running for Congress, Representative Gray Mills, Representative John Bradford, and myself. We're, we're running for Congress. And of course, we're looking to deal with this immigration issue head on at that level at the federal level but what we today's purpose was talking about what we can do while we're still state legislators and the fact that governor cooper has failed to stand with uh, texas governor abbott in trying to secure the border let me so the folks who don't know what's happening right now this is exactly how it's occurring the federal government is supposed to secure our borders right uh, that's the right. basic thing and i actually visited about three months ago where we have north carolina guardsmen there what's happening though the federal government is not enforcing it, and they but they've gone the additional step. They're trying to bar Texas from securing the border. So they wanted to direct them to cut down fencing, to remove wire, to get barriers out of there. And so the best analogy I know would be if a hurricane hit North Carolina and the federal government said, hey, we're not going to help you, North Carolina, deal with this hurricane. But then came in one more and said, by the way, North Carolina, you can't clean up the hurricane. That's essentially what the federal government or the Biden administration is doing to Texas. Well, we are we're demanding, and the letter, of course, which you signed and all our Republican colleagues signed, demanded the governor do three things. One, stand with Governor Abbott on this uh, for the state to be able to protect its border. Two, and send National Guard or attach them to the Texas National Guard to be able to help Texas uh, execute this mission. Right. Uh, three, don't be doing anything to encourage folks to come to this state illegally through social services or anything else. And in fourth, asking him to commit to sign the legislation that we've passed 
mandating that law enforcement and some of these sheriffs cooperate with ICE, Immigration Customs Enforcement, when folks are here illegally who commit crimes. Those are things that we've done in the General Assembly, uh, and the governor needs to get behind it. He needs to do the right thing. Well, we need to protect our sovereignty. I mean, that's the bottom line. And protect uh, our people. I mean, look at the drugs, the fentanyl deaths. I mean, it's bad, Jason. It's terrible. It, it is. Uh, so Representative Mills had an event um, just a, a week ago and in, in, in Lincoln County. And one of the couples there who were there to support, but but also to express to, to Gray, uh, since he is running for Congress like you, uh, just how touched their family has been by fentanyl. They lost a daughter because of it. Uh, and, and they directly placed the blame on, on a very weak enforcement of our, of our borders. And, you know, when, when what we can do at a state level uh, it might be small, but, but it can be something. And, and people are demanding it. They are tired of it. Um, you know, we, we see it in Lincoln County. You see it in Cleveland County, where you're from. We see it in Iredale. Stoney and I were talking about it. Wilkes. I mean, it's, it's across this state. I had a constituent send to me video. They were taking a red eye back from Arizona. And video of illegal immigrants, clearly illegal, uh, being instructed. They had, you know, federal government had given them pouches of information and what to do. And it's a red eye, so we don't all get to see it in a, on a normal flight. You know, these are flights that normally aren't fully booked uh, if you've ever taken one. And just sneaking these people all across. The destination was Charlotte. They were coming back to Charlotte. So no one can tell me that they're not coming to our state. And, and unfortunately, sponsored by the federal government. That's got to change. So, so when I was there three months ago, I was there at the invitation of the Texas state government to see what's happening. When we went there, we're on a, an airboat. These things are pretty wild, right? You ever watch those swamp shows? Oh, yeah. You're not yeah. going to sneak up on anybody on an airboat, right? No. And it says Texas Highway Patrol, right? It's got the blue lights, all this stuff. So we're going down the Rio Grande River. And while we're there, literally people are just walking across with impunity. Yeah. It was a, it, not a care. It was the craziest thing that I've ever seen. And then what happens is when they're ever so briefly detained, they've been given some money, given some instructions, uh, given a, a, a bus ticket or a flight, a plane ticket, and then told to come back for a court date five years later. It's an absolute mockery of the system. It is a mockery. And five years later, that's not even realistic. No. They won't find them. They don't know who they are. No. I, you know, their identities could change 10 times if we knew their real identity when they came across. Right. We just don't know who's here. And that is, that is, that is a threat to our national sovereignty. Um, you know, we, you know, I don't want to sound alarmist, but, but somebody's got to sound the alarm. Yeah. Uh, if, if you're, if we're not paying attention, we're asleep at the wheel. We are, we are going to lose. Um, you know, and a lot of these folks who come into this country, uh, through this porous borders, aren't people looking for a new opportunity? Well, I should say they're looking for a new opportunity, but it's not about a good life. We don't know why. Right. A lot of military age males and not just from South America and Central America. We have folks from the Middle East, uh, Russia, China, all over. And in the I think in the last, uh, was it 30 days, 50 folks who were on the terrorist watch list. Wow. Were detained. But you're talking about 13,000 people a day that they're documenting. Well, what about the folks coming in that aren't getting caught? Well, sir, I said, these are the people that were caught. Yes. Yeah, we, and, and one of the reporters asked, and, and what a silly question. I understand why they ask it. Um, but it's almost silly in, in terms of, you know, what's the number? 
Well, you can't, you, we can't know the full number unless you're measuring who's coming in. And when you've got, you made a great point in the press conference. A lot of times these, these uh, you know, folks who are pushing drugs across the border, who are pushing uh, far worse maybe even than, than the drugs uh, is, is people, you know, coming here to do us harm. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll overrun one section of the border. So all the resources go there and then they'll find another hole and go through. I, I think, you know, people, you know, normal people don't think about that. We don't want to think about it. But I think your point was spot on that, that this is truly what's happening. And, 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 by, and the Biden administration knows this. I mean, there's a reason Mayorkas is, is going under an impeachment hearing in, in the uh, U.S. House right now. He's just complete dereliction of duty right now. It's, 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 and, and I tell you, people have to stand up and demand it. I mean, they'll be able to make change at the ballot box this year. Hope they'll do that. And it, but we've got to have, I mean, it's to me, and I know to you, this is not just a political issue. This is a critical issue of the future of this country and of the safety of the people that we represent. Absolutely. You, you've got uh, two boys, or, or I should say their boys are grown men now. Uh, they, they've made it through college and they're, they're in the workforce and, 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 and doing their thing. Uh, I've got a 15 year old. Uh, Catherine, and I have a 15 year old. Um, and, and, you know, but you and I both are very concerned about what their future looks like. Uh, and if we're, if we sit by and do nothing, they will not have a future. That's right. Bottom line. That's not alarmist. That's not, that's not fantasy. That is what's happening. And, and the, the inaction or, or, or quite frankly, sometimes I think the, the absolute, uh, um, action by the, their inaction is action at that federal level. Uh, it's just mind numbing. Uh, there, there's, there's, there's no justification. For so, it. And let me, let me throw another curveball at you that'll really send you over the edge. Do you, these same folks, these same open border liberals that are out there, are we're paying for border security for Somalia? Wow. And they support that. So we're paying to secure the border of Somalia, but not mandating and prevent and protecting and providing for the, the, our border here on the southern border of Mexico. And, and I'll tell you another thing, Jason, and, and people, the other thing we talked about Eagle Pass, people crossing, there's a lot of stretches where the wall's there. And where that wall and that fence is, it works wonderfully. But here's the problem. If you got a wall for three miles, then you got a quarter mile empty and then a mile for another thing. Guess what happens? People come through the hole. And the Biden administration has shut down the construction of the wall. Yeah. Unacceptable. Unbelievable. I mean, if you if you build that and you control it and you have normal egress and ingress points, you can restrict and monitor the flow of people, drugs and everything else. You, we would know who's coming. I, you, yeah. Your experience and my experience are vastly different. Because I went in 2019, I, I, I flew down uh, in, a, in a Texas National Guard Chinook from Austin to McAllen, Texas, and and it was eye opening at the time. And met probably a lot of the same Texas Rangers you were talking to, uh, Texas National Guard who were there. The wall was going up at that time. This is under the Trump administration. The wall was going up, and from talking to those agents there on the border, they were one thrilled to death. And 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 it should be pointed out that a lot of the folks who are working as border agents are of, of Mexican American heritage, right? These are not, it's not just some, Most you know, of them were. I mean, I right. to, yeah. yeah they, these are people who did it right, who, who either are, they might be first generation, but they're a lot of times second and third generation Americans who did it the right way. Um, and, and who want to protect that border as much as you and I do in North Carolina. Uh, they want to protect it painfully. So because they see it, at the front lines. Uh, but it was a trickle. I was, I was there the day after Nancy Pelosi. Um, we didn't fumigate, but, uh, uh, you know, her, her liberalness was still there. 
but but I mean, it was it was just a, a trickle of people. And what we see and what you saw on your trip recently is just vastly different in just a short couple of years. It, 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 we can't sustain it. Um, so you talked about, we got just about a minute and a half. Uh, you talked about your experience here in, in Raleigh, what you've been able to do. Um, to, to one, it's about relationships, getting people together, getting people moving on something. You and I sometimes have to deal with colleagues that don't want to do much, uh, but you get them to do something by leading. Um, you, Bradford, uh, Representative Mills, let's, let's assume you all three go to Congress. Uh, having, starting with three people is a great place to start. And I think your leadership, what you've been able to do here in Raleigh and get people to coalesce around your leadership and just take action, I think will serve you well. Um, some would say you're crazy for wanting to go to Congress, but I'm glad good people will do it. I am glad good people will do it. And we need you there. Um, look forward to your, 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 I, I think you're going to be okay. Uh, you're still running like you're 30 points behind, which I believe is the only way to run for office. Uh, and it's and it's great to see. I think I, 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 billboards are going up. Uh, I know I, I've gone in some of the weirdest uh, nooks and crannies in in Charlotte on my on my my other side hustle, my real business. And I I've turned a corner. There's a a more for Congress sign. So right. you're campaigning hard. We're working hard every day. I think it's like anything else. The voters ought to know that you want the job, that you want to represent them. And and that's that's what I want to do. And I know that's what that's how you run. And that's how, frankly, most of our colleagues that went office. Did. That's how it works. Speaker Moore, great to have you on today. Thanks for listening to All Things Sane. We'll be back next week. The new 105.9, 100.7 WSIC, Statesville, Mooresville, North Charlotte.